Hi, everyone. You are listening to Start Inspired. I am your host, Samantha March. This is my podcast designed to give you a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation, helping you start inspired and stay inspired. Let's jump into today's episode. Well, hello. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Start Inspired. It is a special one because it is actually the season three finale. We have made it through three seasons of this podcast, and I thank you so much to everyone who has listened and shared and left your reviews and just talked to me about it, tagged me about the podcast. I really do appreciate it so much. It was an idea I had for a little bit of time. And then I just jumped on it and was like, let's see what happens here. And there has been some exciting things going on for this podcast. And I'm really looking forward to kicking off a new season, season four in January of 2021. Can you believe we have almost made it to the new year? Uh, But for this episode, I actually recorded one a few days ago, and then I was sitting down to edit it, and I just, I really felt like I wasn't uh, saying anything. (laughs) I felt like I was just kind of talking in circles, and as I kept trying to edit down myself, I thought I should just refilm something else because I didn't really feel like I was contributing anything uh, particularly meaningful with that conversation. So I thought, let me do what I've done in the past and do just a really chill Q&A. So I asked on my Instagram stories to send in your questions. I'm going to try to get through as many as I can and just answer some. I've been kind of checking them out throughout the day, and it looks like there's a pretty big variety of questions in here. So I'll try to get through as many as I can. Uh, So thank you to everyone who sent in a question on my Instagram, which is March Beauty Word. It is always much appreciated. And uh, like I said, season four will be returning in early January. So there's only going to be a couple weeks that I'm taking off, but I've actually been doing some interviews already for season four and I have some really exciting guests coming up, guests that I never thought that I would be able to talk to and I'm so grateful that I now have this podcast that is giving me those opportunities to talk to people that I really look up to and I feel really inspired by. So really excited to kick off season four, but we got to get through season three first. So let me go ahead and pull up my Instagram and see what questions I have coming in over there. Uh, One of the first ones that I see is how did you keep yourself to your routine? I will make one and then abandon it in a week. <laughs> uh, I I can definitely understand that. I really am a big routine person. And I think a part of being routine driven is just kind of instinctual for me because I've noticed over the years that no matter what it is that I'm doing, I always have a routine down. So I can remember when I used to work at a hospital and I used to go into the hospital. I mean, I had my routine of what work I did in the morning, what time I took my break, what work I did after the break up until lunchtime when I took my break. And I'm just a very routine-driven person. I do struggle with anxiety quite a bit. And I feel like having a routine helps me feel a little bit more centered and grounded. Uh, I have noticed throughout the years that when I get thrown off of my routine, I feel a lot more anxious. I feel kind of like my mind just moves really fast and I I feel like I, I'm just not quite sure what's going on and it's hard for me to get a handle on things. 
to the point where I'll kind of be frozen and I'll just sit in almost like a fear of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. So definitely having a routine, I think helps my anxiety a ton. So I think that's what really helps me keep up a routine because I notice how much better I perform and how much better my daily life is on it. But also keeping a routine, I think helps me a lot with my work schedule. I do work fully for myself. I'm you know, full-time self-employed and I work from home. And I think having a routine and a schedule and a to-do list and a calendar really helps keep me focused on what it is that I need to be doing because you definitely need to have a ton of self-motivation and self-control when it comes to working from home because, you know, there'll be those days where I'm just not feeling it. I just need some time off. And maybe a baseball game is on in the middle of the afternoon and I would really like to watch the Cubs. And, you know, I'll tell myself, like, oh, it's okay to have this one day. But there's definitely been times, you know, especially when I am struggling with my mental health or depression, that I'll let things slide and then I'll let, let things slide the next day. Then I'll let things slide another day and it can get a little bit out of control. So I definitely know that those moments can happen. So I just feel like having my routine down uh, is is going to be a lot better of helping me stay on track and keep what I want to get accomplished, especially professionally. I love this question. Will you be doing more room makeovers in 2021? Oh, well, thanks, Rachel, for that question. Yeah, so I did a couple room makeovers in 2021, or I'm sorry, in 2020. <laughs> We're not there yet, Smitha. Calm down. I did my living room, and I really did not expect the response on that video. It got quite a few views. It got picked up by the design agency that I worked at. They that I um, that I bought a plan from. I had Modsy. I bought a plan through Modsy. It was recommended to me from my sister in law, and they are like an interior design app that you can send in photos and dimensions of the room and you can take it their style quiz and they'll come back with uh, a, a lot of information of how to style style your room, what products to buy, where to put things. And I don't have a very visual mind, so it was really helpful for me to be able to have that. And they actually, you know, saw that I tagged that I had used them. They ended up featuring me in their blog and on their newsletter and I was like, "Oh wow, like that's that's really cool." So I ended up doing my bedroom also, and I do want to do more. One thing that I've really been working on is my new filming space because when we moved into our house, I took over two rooms. One is my office and one is my filming room, but I do know that I will need to use a different room in the house as my filming room, and that was going to be kind of like a long-term goal, but it was you know, as we first moved in, it was like, let me just use this one as I get settled and figured things out. And I thought it would be kind of nice to have a room that I could really design and take my time with versus having everything already crammed in there. I mean, that room has now turned into my shipping room and my giveaway room, so it's crammed full of things anyways. But when it comes to wanting to decorate it, I won't have like my lights and everything in there already, so I can kind of have more of a visual. And I've been really planning out what I want it to look like, and I have a lot of ideas in mind. And like I said, I'm not usually a visual person, but I really, like, I can see what I want now. I can visualize it. I can see it. But, you know, some of the things are pretty expensive. And I I don't know when the video will go out because I really want to make it a very cool room. And um, I'll just be really honest here for a second. This isn't something that I've ever addressed anywhere publicly. But another reason of why I'm holding back 
of sharing anything about a beauty room makeover is because of the response on my bedroom video. I I really went all out with my living room. We got new couches. We got a new entertainment stand. We got a new coffee table. We got a new rug. We got um, – I did – I bought a ton of decor. I mean, it was thousands of dollars that I put into my living room, mostly because, you know, furniture, like couches, chairs, even end tables, entertainment stands, those are not cheap. And then even when you start adding in just baskets and throws and pillows, I mean, the pillows are like $30 each. Okay. And I had like six new pillows that I bought. So it was extremely expensive. It is. It was something that I had been saving for for a while. We'd been saving for new living room furniture for years. Me and my husband have both really wanted new furniture. So we'd been saving for that for years. And then I kind of took it on as like my quarantine project. So I put a little bit more time and money into it than I normally would, but it was like, okay, I'm not doing anything. Like nothing's going on. You know, I'm not going to feel so bad that I'm buying another plant. It's fine. And then the response was so good on my living room video. So I got excited and I thought, well, let me do my bedroom video. And the only thing that we could really afford at that time was um, purchasing our new dressers, which that's another thing that we've wanted new dressers even longer than we've wanted new living room furniture because we have used Mitch's like hand-me-downs since we moved in together into our first place, which was, I don't even know how many years ago, 10, 10 years ago. I, I don't know. We've been together for 14 years and we've always been using this really old furniture that's been like repainted six times and the drawers are falling apart and they don't always go in all the way. So it was always going to be so exciting when we got new bedroom furniture. Well, when we picked out our bedroom furniture, it was way more expensive than I thought it was going to be to the point where Mitch kind of made fun of me because as I went to hand over our our credit card for them, she said the total and I kind of pulled back. Like I was like, oh, <laughs> how much was tax again? What's going on there? It was very expensive. And so I bought a few other things for the bedroom, but I really couldn't buy much because I couldn't afford to do it at that time. And when I posted that video, there, you know, of course there was a, a good response on a lot of, a lot of things. People seemed really excited about the furniture and people were giving me ideas. Cause I also said in that video multiple times, the room isn't finished, but I want to show you what I have so far. I'm most, you know, I'm so excited about this new furniture. I want to show you it. And I was saying, if you have any ideas for me, let me know because the room is not finished. It's not completely done yet to where I want it to be. And some of the comments were, this is so underwhelming. This is so disappointing. You didn't actually change anything. You should, people were truly telling me to tear down walls in my bedroom. People were telling me that I should have gotten a new bed, even though our bed is like two years old. There's no reason we need a new bed. No, there's literally no reason. People were telling me I should repaint the entire, repaint our entire bedroom. I mean, just some of the comments I was like, I am so disheartened because I was so excited about that. And I don't really know what has happened with like the expectations that we put on the people that we see online, but I'm a very normal, regular girl. <laughs> I live in small town, Iowa. I get excited over something like a new dresser. And to see the comments of people telling me I should knock out walls in my house, I'm like, I I truly do not know who you think I am, um, but that's not going to happen. That's li that's literally never going to happen in this house. I will never be knocking walls down. <laughs> I will tell you that right now. Um, maybe there's some things that I could repaint, but to me, the bedroom, I see absolutely zero reason to repaint that bedroom. I 
again, not even a thought in my mind. I really just wanted to do furniture and some cute decor and call it a day. And so when I saw that and I saw the expectations that we now have on people to be bigger and better and grander and more expensive and more of like almost more of like a shock value of seeing a before and after, that's just not really me. (laughs) And I just don't know if, if I just don't see that happening for me, at least at this juncture in my life. So I feel kind of hesitant to put out a beauty room video because I don't think it's going to be good enough. I don't think it's going to be good enough for the internet because we have seen some really immaculate beauty rooms out there. And what I, even what I'm envisioning, which who knows if the actual finished piece could even come close to what I'm envisioning, it's not going to be the biggest, baddest, grandest, most expensive beauty room you've ever seen. So it makes me not really want to put it out there because I have this fear of putting out something that I'm really proud of and that I put so much time and energy and money into and then being told it's not good enough. So that was a really roundabout way to answer that question. But again, I've never said it anywhere. Um, One, because I think it's really hurtful. Two, I'm an empath, and so I always get worried about hurting people's feelings. So whenever I talk about bad comments, even if someone tells me the most absolute horrible things, if I respond, like standing up for myself, I feel bad because I'm afraid I made that person feel bad. It's ridiculous. It's a vicious cycle. But I didn't want those who were commenting with, even if it was a negative comment, if it was, you know, maybe left with positive intentions, I would just like hate to make someone feel bad, but it also just makes me really sad to say those words. And because that's not something that I want to bring on to other people, I want to be here to inspire people and to say that I don't want to do something because I don't think it'll be good enough for the internet. It's not an easy thing to say. It's not an easy thing to admit. Um, And it's definitely something that I try to work on. I try to, you know, take my own advice of I'm just trying to be my best self. I don't want to compare myself to other people. I don't want to compare my house to someone else's house. I don't want to compare my beauty room to Jaclyn Hills and Desi Perkins because I'm not them. I'm Samantha March. And, you know, this is what my space is going to look like. So I really hope to put that out in 2021, but I guess we will see. The next question is, what was your very first YouTube video like first first? (laughs) Well, actually, I just posted a video fairly recently on my YouTube channel, and it just is my 100K video, my thank you for 100K, my YouTube journey. I can link this one in the show notes, but you can find it on my YouTube channel. It's like my highlighted video. So when you go to my profile, it's like the main one that shows because I put in a bunch of clips from past videos in there and I kind of really show my journey from the very first video that I posted on YouTube to, you know, earning a thousand subscribers, 10,000 subscribers, 50,000 subscribers, and so on. It was such a fun video to put together. It was such a long process to put together, (laughs) but I was really happy with the final result and how everything came out. But my very first video was just called Hello Chicklet Plus, which is the name of my blog. And I just kind of say in there who I am. You know, I'm a blogger, I'm an author. Uh, this is going to be kind of an extension of my blog and just kind of gave an idea of what I wanted to do on my channel. I'm super quiet. I'm very far away from the camera. I have very long blonde hair. I'm wearing like 47 bracelets on each hand. 
it's quite funny to, to watch that one, but that was my first one. It was just kind of an introduction video was all I did. And actually when I started my YouTube channel, it really was like an extension of my book blog. So I did book reviews and book hauls. I talked about being an author, being a blogger. Um, and then I incorporated some beauty here and there. After about a year, I decided to switch over to full beauty and keep my blog mostly focused on books. And that's kind of how it's been. And it's just been a fun journey. So yeah, that's definitely one that you could, uh, that you could check out. Uh, this one here says, how do you feel you've changed slash grown over the last five years on YouTube? Okay. Yes. Cause my first video that I posted was in April of 2015 in, I believe it was May or June of 2016 was when I like rebranded to beauty, but I have been on YouTube for five years. I've been in social media and started blogging and on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and all those things since 2009. But how do I feel like I've changed and grown over the last five years? I definitely feel a newfound sense of confidence that I don't feel like I had for a long time because I have always known that I wanted to do something different. I always knew that a traditional career path was not for me. And in 2005, when I was graduating high school, no one wanted to do anything non-traditional. I mean, non-traditional in 2005 where I was living was considered going to like a trade college instead of a bigger university. That was considered like like a little bit more out of the box. And then even when I graduated college in 2009 and I had already started writing my first book, I had just launched my blog. And when I would tell people about it, it was really always met with like, so you want to do what? What is it that you want to do? I don't understand. Do you make money from that? Do you still have other job? What? Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to be different? I truly had a friend one time ask me, why do you want to be different? And that's something that kind of has stuck in my, in my mind for a while. Why do I want to be different, right? And I have some past podcast episodes talking kind of about that question of why I want to be different and how some of my life circumstances I feel like led me to wanting to have a more public life with putting my stories out in books and you know eventually putting my stories out on my blog and now on my YouTube videos and this podcast. But when I was first starting out, it was always met with confusion and with not the most kindest response. And it just you know, for a long time, I was like, I really feel like I'm onto something. I feel like this is what I'm meant to be doing. But when you are surrounded by people who are not understanding that goal, it's really hard to believe in yourself. And of course, throughout the years, as the internet has turned into what it is now, social media has turned on into what it is now, there are truly young kids that say when they grow up, they want to be a YouTuber. That was not a thing when I was growing up. YouTube wasn't a thing. YouTube didn't exist when I was growing up. Being a blogger didn't exist until I was well into my teens. That was a very new thing. So it's just so interesting to live in the time that we do now. And I feel so much more confident in my career because now people don't question me. When I say that I'm a YouTuber, people are like, oh, okay, cool. So what do you like? What's, what's your focus then? You know, I get asked that a lot. I'm like, oh, it's beauty. Oh, okay, that's really cool. What's your favorite mascara? You know, people will say stuff like that to me now. I feel that I'm much more taken seriously in my career. And that definitely gives me a confidence that I didn't have, especially five years ago. 
So I think that's one of the biggest things. I feel like I could probably list off a ton of more, but I know that we have a lot of questions to get to, but I know that that's a really big thing for me. And I said, I believe in my 100K video that when I started YouTube in 2015, I was really at one of my lowest moments. I was really going through a lot at that time. I was going through a lot personally. I was going through a lot with some friendships. I was going through a lot with my mental health. My mental health was real, real bad, real bad around 2014, 2015. And starting YouTube just kind of felt like an outlet to me. And I just thought, let's try it out and see if it works and see if it makes sense and see if it makes me happy. <laughs> so now I have tears in my eyes, but it definitely made me happy. I see a lot of uh, responses saying, not a question, but I hope you're okay. I don't have a question. Just want to say I love you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I see this question is, how are you and what things are you looking forward to in 2021? You know, I'm okay. Really, in the grand scheme of things, I am okay. Um, when you when you struggle with anxiety and depression, it's always an up and down thing, right? One day, everything is fine. The next day, I can't get out of bed. A week later, things are fine. A week later, I can't get out of bed. It's always like an ebb and flow, and I've just had to learn to, you know, how I can best deal with it in my own ways. But really, right now, I am doing okay. I mentioned in my last podcast that I've been kind of struggling a little bit with some personal stuff, with some health stuff, trying to get help, trying to deal with the guilt of trying to get help for something not life-threatening during a pandemic. <laughs> That's definitely been weighing very heavily on my mind, but grand scope of things, I'm doing pretty good. I gave myself some goals for December and I feel like I'm hitting them pretty well. Kind of goes back to having a routine and just keeping me on track. And I really wanted to try to end December in a positive mindset. Again, I spoke on this in my last podcast where I did just a life update, which by the way is one of the most downloaded episodes <laughs> of season three. So thank you to everyone who who cares to tune in to hear me talk about myself. It's uh, It really is appreciated. I hope you know. But I really did want to leave 2020 in a positive mindset. And I've been really working towards that. And I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job. So I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, what do I look forward to in 2021? I have a bunch of projects and goals and just things that I've been working on. Some that will be announced in December. Some that will be announced at the beginning of 2021. And it's really helping me look forward to the future. Definitely. Um, I'm really hoping that we do get back to somewhat of a normal life. I know at the time that I'm recording this, uh, the COVID vaccine has become available in the U.S. to you know, healthcare workers and frontline workers and different things like that. So, and different people like that, um, it's available for them. And so, I just really hope to to start to get back to a little bit more normal. Or just not a feeling of fear to go to the grocery store or a feeling of fear to hug a family member. <laughs> um, I really hope that that happens in 2021. I would love to be able to start traveling again on a consistent basis. I really had just started to get the taste for travel, which is what I've always wanted to do. I was a travel major in college. I have two travel tattooed on my body. Um, but I never had the privilege, the means, the money 
to be able to travel. And I had just started to be able to make it happen because of my job in 2019. And 2020 was supposed to be my year to travel. I had so many trips planned. So for that not to happen really felt crushing (laughs) just because it was something that I feel like I've worked so hard (laughs) to be able to achieve that and to just have it all wiped out. I mean, I'm sure we've all had a lot of those feelings throughout the year of something that we've worked towards and we're excited for. And then all of a sudden it has to be canceled or, you know, we can't do that thing anymore. So I really hope to be able to travel in 2021. And I also hope to keep expanding my business. I really credit this podcast (laughs) for helping me get the confidence again to go after starting another business um, and really going after it full force. I've talked in past podcast episodes about owning a publishing company and how I had to shut it down because of a threatening letter from the IRS that probably really didn't need to be all that threatening, but I was young and I didn't have a lot of money. It was a really bad situation. Again, there's whole podcast episodes on that from season one, I believe. And I've always been too scared to really go for it again, even though I've still been working for myself all of these years. Um, there's a lot that I've wanted to do business-wise, but I've held myself back because of taxes because I've been too afraid of the IRS. But through this podcast and talking about it and hearing the supportive words and you know, having people help guide me and give me advice, it really makes me want to go after it again because I've also always wanted to be a businesswoman. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to be my own boss. That is what my college degree is in, is business and entrepreneurship with my associate's degree in travel. But my bachelor's degree is in business and entrepreneurship. And I I let fear take that over for too many years. And I really feel new confidence to really go forward in 2021. And I'm excited to share with you uh, some things that are coming up. <laughs> I see, I do see some travel questions. Uh, what One is, what's your dream vacation trip? I mean, right now, it's pretty much just anything outside of Iowa. <laughs> um, no, I have a huge bucket list. I started a travel bucket list when I was 11 or 12, I want to say. And I still have that piece of paper that I keep in a lockbox of everywhere that I said that I wanted to go. And, you know, 12-year-old Samantha with all these goals, I wrote down every single state. Like, I didn't just say I want to visit all the United States. I wrote down each one so I could check them off. <laughs> That's who I was even at age 12. But there is there's so many places that I want to go. Um, a big one, like one of my, my fantasy trips would be Dubai. One of my biggest papers that was due in college when I was going for travel, um, I wrote it on... Dubai. I wrote the paper on Dubai. I did a ton of research just on um, the country, the their boost in tourism. You know how they went to being how Dubai is known today, and I have always wanted to to be able to travel there. Even though you know I wrote this paper in what two thousand six, two thousand seven, it would have been. Um, but I'm still. That's always been at the top of my list. I know that it's not easy to travel to, and I know that it is quite expensive, but if I could like pick a dream place to be able to travel to, um, I would like it to be Dubai. I feel like it would also be maybe like one of those full circle moments of 
going to college for travel and something that I love so much and putting all this time and energy into making this project and then being able to actually visit that place, I think that would be uh, pretty incredible. So I'm put it out there that at some point <laughs> I will get to see Dubai. Another question is what was one of my favorite places to travel to and do I have any fun stories from there? So kind of going back to um, college, what we did, so my associate's degree was for two years. So I had two years in this travel program. And what we did was like our big, big group assignment that the whole class did together because the class was pretty small is we planned a trip from start to finish. Every little last detail of this trip was planned of obviously flights and hotel accommodations, but how to travel, how to get around um, the different things. Like if we were going to be travel agents and we were going to be sending someone on this trip, what would we be putting together as an itinerary for them of places to go, places to shop, places to eat? And then we actually got to take that trip as a class um, over spring break. So my first year, we actually went to Amsterdam. And that truly was such an eye-opening trip for me. And I've been able to, you know, the following year we went to Jamaica, which I also thought was a lot of fun. It was very, very different from Amsterdam and more laid back and casual. And I um, have been to the Bahamas and the Dominican Republic with my husband. We went to St. Lucia on our honeymoon, which was great. My sister uh, married into the army. And so I've been able to travel around a lot of the U.S., visiting them as they've been stationed in other places. And then through my job, I've been able to go to some fun places, um, you know, with book signings. I've been to New York and Las Vegas and Toronto. And then in the YouTuber space, I've been able to go to LA and New York and Vegas and Miami and, you know, all of those have been so fun. But really to me, I always go back to Amsterdam because that was my first time out of the country. I worked so hard to be able to afford that trip <laughs> because even though we went as a class, I mean, we, we still paid for it individually. The school did not pay for that. I worked my butt off to be able to afford going on that trip and you know, got my passport for the first time. And I was so excited and that trip I felt like really solidified to me of why I've always been so interested in travel. And it is because of the learning aspect and seeing how other people live their lives and seeing how other countries and cultures live their lives from the transportation, you know, seeing everyone bike everywhere in Amsterdam. I was like, what? Whoa. Like, you just don't really see that, at least, you know, where I am in the U.S. From the fashion to the food, the food, I was still a very picky eater <laughs> when we went to Amsterdam and I really struggled with the food. Um, I probably lost like 10 pounds while I was over there because I was so afraid to try anything. But at the same time, it was just, it was so fascinating for me to see this different world. And again, it just kind of solidified to me of why I am so interested in traveling and no matter what trip I take, I always love to be able to talk to the locals there and just get a better understanding of their world. And I just think that is so interesting. So Amsterdam really kind of opened my eyes to that. I thought it was such a great first trip of going out of the country, uh, especially at that age. You know, I was quite a bit younger. I saw this question of a YouTuber I want to collab with. And you know what's funny is that a lot of times when I get these questions, I usually pass over them because I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want to... It's something about like naming names. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to like put it out there. I don't want to make it seem like I only want to collab with this person for like a personal gain reason or those different types of things. But now I'm like, you know what? Like I've been really trying to 
put things out there more. You know, if I want something, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there and work really hard to, to make it happen. So, um, I'm trying to, okay. So now I like kind of caught myself. I'm like, okay, who is it that I would love to collab with? I mean, I know one of the biggest ones off the top of my head is Kathleen lights. She's just been a favorite in, in the YouTube community for me for such a long time. She had a video recently talking about her mental health and kind of some of her anxieties. And the comment that I left on that video was how much it was helping me because sometimes I feel like the word I used was I feel so alien because again, sometimes those around me in in my real life, they don't seem to be able to talk about mental health or anxiety as I want to almost say as normally as I do and as how normally I feel like I can talk about it on social media because I see others that struggle and I see those that write in to say I'm helping them. And I don't really feel like I'm helping a lot of people in real life. And so I kind of just learned to like not talk about it um, because it makes me different. And I feel like no one's really relating to me. So when I can do it online, it really helps. But then to see another person and someone that I really look up to especially as a businesswoman, I really look up to Kathleen that way. Um, to hear her say that, it really helps to me not feel so alone. And I'm really grateful for that. And I just love her videos. I think she would be so much fun to collab with. I also think of like Samantha Ravendahl. She's someone who I'm so inspired by. I love her approachable podcast. Um, but just, I, I think it would be really incredible to just be able to like sit down and have a conversation with her, maybe while like doing makeup. But to be able to talk because whenever I listen to one of her podcast episodes or even her YouTube videos, I I always leave feeling some type of way, feeling inspired, feeling motivated, feeling like something's kind of been like unlocked in my brain. And I'm like, oh, here's you know something new that I should try to discover or try to expand my thoughts on or have another like intellectual conversation with someone else about this. Um, that's what she makes me feel like. So I feel like it would be really cool to have an opportunity to be able to kind of talk to her one-on-one like that. And then lastly, I'll try and narrow it to three, but lastly, I would say Carly Bible because she is the very first beauty YouTuber I ever started watching. And she inspired me so much to create my own channel. And once again, I also really look up to her as a businesswoman and seeing from you know, what she started so early on in YouTube to what she's built now. And I think there'd be something really amazing about being able to, and this will probably make me tear up, but to be able to tell someone in person how much they, you know, touched my life and affected me. Um, I think that would be a really amazing thing. And she's got a great podcast too. She just started a podcast with her sister. It's called Related. And uh, it's a really good one. And both her and Sam, are are newly pregnant, which has been so exciting to follow along their journeys. Another question is, have I ever been recognized in person? <laughs> um, yes, yes, I have. Um, I remember the first time it happened uh, was actually at a gas station in Iowa. It was like seven o'clock in the morning and I was going there to get a coffee. And when I was checking out, the the clerk asked if I was Samantha March and I was so taken aback. I, I was like, what? <laughs> And um, she said that she watched my YouTube channel. She had actually just bought my my latest book that I had just released and then asked for a photo. And I still have it saved like in my favorite photos um, because it was just it was such a crazy moment. I I, I really didn't know how to react or, or what to expect. Um, not only that someone watched my YouTube, but that she had just purchased my book. I was like, what? Like, this is so incredible. So 
that's been really cool. There has been a few other times. Um, there's been a couple concerts that people have either come up to me or they've messaged me later to say that they saw me, but they were too afraid to come up to me. You truly never have to be afraid to come up to me. I might be caught off guard for a second because it's still not something I'm used to. But I mean, in the future, if we can ever see each other again, if you ever see me out and about anywhere, eating nachos or getting ice cream, drinking wine, feel free to come on over. Next question is, have any positives come out of 2020 besides your collab? And what are you grateful for? I do think that there's been plenty of positive moments that have come out of this year, even though it's, I, I do feel like it's really easy to kind of focus on those, those negative thoughts, but there's definitely been a lot of positives. I really feel like I've grown a lot as a person. I have been able to see how I can adapt to new situations really suddenly. And I feel like this has also been a year and whether, you know, the pandemic and quarantine had something to do with that or I don't know, just growing older, I'm not sure. But I've definitely felt a new confidence of not being afraid to try new things and take new things on, such as cooking. I mean, I never used to cook anything. I was always so afraid of recipes, of holding a spatula, of turning the oven on. It was, you know, terrifying, like break out in a sweat. And I'm making like full-on recipes right now. I've been making coffee recipes. I just, I, I don't know. I feel like, I almost want to say like a newfound like maturity or something in me. But when you have so much that all of a sudden is taken away from you, that something as simple as going grocery shopping um, becomes something that we fear and that we're not sure we should be able to do. I really was trying to learn like, how to make my own pasta sauce so I don't have to go buy jars of pasta sauce. Like how can I make it with the ingredients that are kind of always sitting in my fridge? And I feel very, I feel very proud of that. And I like to focus on the positives, like seeing so many people come together and try to help each other out and this kind of community sense that has come along with it. I feel like that's been a really amazing thing also. Um, even something like makeup brands hosting all of these zooms for for us creators and trying to keep in contact with us that way and even my other youtube friends doing so good at keeping up with each other i've talked about the marco polo app so many times in podcasts but you know we I, I video chat with friends every single day because we know how lonely we get doing this job on a normal basis but then you add in everything that's going on with the world and then we can't leave our house and we can't see other people. It's definitely been very challenging mentally. And I feel like so many people have stepped up in the friendship roles and been like, I'm here. I got you. Like, we're going to ride this out together. And that's been a truly beautiful thing to see. So yeah, I definitely think that there's been a lot of positives that have come out come out of the year also. Uh, this question is, do you make money from Instagram and your podcast? If yes, when did you start making money? Um, no and no. <laughs> um, Instagram does not have anything set up to pay creators. It is not like YouTube where we get AdSense. It is not like TikTok where you have the YouTube creator fund. Um, there is no way to make money on Instagram unless you're doing sponsorships with brands. And, um, that's really you being able to secure them yourself. Um, Instagram doesn't really have anything to do with that. Um, Instagram is not my favorite platform, if you can't tell, <laughs> but, uh, no, that's the only way that I make money on Instagram is if I'm doing some sort of brand sponsorship or paid post. Um, but other than that, you don't get paid to post on Instagram. And, um, do I make money on the podcast? Nope. It is still a hobby for me. I had a few things lined up for season three, but you know, I was struggling kind of what I mentioned in my last episode, kind of struggling, 
I went from posting, you know, every single Thursday, no matter what. I mean, I was recording, like when I was traveling, I was recording interviews in hotel rooms. I was staying up until one o'clock in the morning, editing the podcast. And I wanted to give myself some grace. So I kind of cut back to every other week. And I just thought, I don't know how reliable I can be with podcasts. And if I'm going to be, you know, getting paid to have ads in my podcast episodes, I have to be reliable. And I just wasn't there yet. So maybe in the next season, I will because it definitely takes a lot of uh, time and energy to not only film these, but editing takes a really long time. I'm not a fast editor yet. This question is, who is your celebrity crush? Um, celebrity crush. Uh, for me, it's always been athletes. I've never been someone who had a crush on like, I'm trying to think of who were the crushes when I was a younger, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Devin Sawa, even like Leonardo DiCaprio. I was always like, nah, boo. Like for, for me, it was like, you know, Brett Favre. I was a Green Bay fan. So, um, yeah. Really, any athletes, anyone who plays for the Green Bay Packers or Chicago Cubs. (laughs) I just love sports. That's like all I watch. I don't really watch movies or TV shows. So I'm like, sports, sports are fun. I always wanted to do something in sports. Like I kind of thought maybe I'd be like a sports broadcaster one day or a journalist or something like that. But I'm happy with how it turned out too. I just want to be paid to like travel around and watch games. I got to figure out how to make that happen. How to get paid to just travel and watch games. (laughs) Hmm. This is a really interesting question is, do you ever not start a project because you don't feel qualified? How do you overcome that? That's very interesting. You know, quite honestly, when it came to even starting YouTube, I didn't feel like I was qualified. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to edit or record. I didn't know anything about cameras. Um, but it was something that I wanted to do and something that I wanted to try. So I overcame it that way. But even when it comes to this podcast, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to record a podcast. I didn't know where you edited a podcast. I didn't know where you actually physically put a podcast. <laughs> um, I didn't know what, uh, I, I, I didn't know that there was a host for podcasts, just like there are for websites. And so I felt very underqualified. And even when I started Start Inspired, there was so many podcasts at the time, like now it's really been inundated. But even when I started, there was already so many great ones. And I thought, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I'm just by myself. Like, you know, a lot of people start with a co-host. I'm like, I don't know. It's just me. Um, But it was something that I wanted to do and something that I wanted to try. So I guess that's kind of how I overcome it. Um, But I feel like there's definitely other times where I've wanted to do something and something that I've been working on and I'm hoping to announce soon is something that I feel completely underqualified to do. And I have been putting it off for a long time because I didn't feel worthy of creating something like this. And honestly, I think it's having the right people in your life to build up your confidence. When I started talking to people and actually putting it out there like, hey, this is something I've always wanted to do and to hear the response of, that's amazing. What have you started? Have you started working on it yet? Do you need help? I'll help you. It was like, wait, what? I haven't always had that. So surrounding yourself with the right people that will really, you know, kind of help motivate you and keep pushing you forward. I guess that was a really big deal for me. So that was a really good question. I wasn't sure how I was going to answer that one. (laughs) This is a good question too. What would you recommend as an essential YouTube starter kit, like camera, lighting, mic, etc.? What I would say as an essential YouTuber kit is 
something to film on, and it doesn't have to be a camera. It can be your phone. I started on my phone. And some sort of basic editing software so you can start to learn it. And that's really about it. I actually don't recommend investing a ton of money at the start of your YouTube channel. What I recommend is trying it and seeing if it works for you. Because I have known a lot of people that have started YouTube and realized that they don't like it. They don't like talking to a camera. They don't like editing. They don't like putting themselves out on the internet. All of that makes complete sense. So before you go out and you buy a camera, which is super expensive, and a lens and a microphone and multiple lights and the you know highest rated editing program that you can get and you know make four videos and then be like, ooh, <laughs> you know, this isn't actually for me. I, I would recommend to start small that way. So I started with my phone and natural light and kind of worked my way up from there. Now, if you have already started and you feel pretty confident that that's what you want to do, I would recommend getting some sort of good quality camera. I have a Canon G7X Mark II. It's not the fanciest camera out there, but it gets the job done for me. And I think that it's a nice one and it's easy for me to use. I would also recommend some sort of good lighting. Good lighting always seems important these days. So whether it's being able to sit in front of a window, maybe you need to add a ring light, or I have two soft boxes in my office. That's what shines down on me. I can put these in my show notes if you'd be interested, but I have two soft boxes. Um, a tripod can also really help. A tripod really changed the game for me. <laughs> I just got mine off Amazon. So a tripod was super helpful. I actually do not have a mic. The camera that I use and how I'm set up, I sit really close to it, and I've never once had anyone tell me that they can't hear my audio, so I actually don't have a mic. Um, I know most people do, though. So that's really what I would, would recommend as a starter kit, but if you haven't even started yet, I would say try not to invest too much until you know for sure that it's something that you want to keep continuing on. These are some great questions. If you could be very successful at only one aspect of your career, which would you pick? Whew. You know, I think it would be, and I know that this is going to sound like the most corniest answer, but it's really what popped into my mind the moment I saw the question, but it would be trying to inspire others or to help others. And that's always what I've wanted to do with this career. It's why I started to want to write books. Um, it was to hopefully help people that were going through situations that I had in the past, such as um, sexual abuse and physical abuse. Um, that's what I wanted to do. That's why I wanted to be able to share my stories. And even as I go on through life and I struggle financially or I struggle with losing a business, you know, I always kind of have this thought in the back of my head of, oh, I can talk about that. Maybe I can help someone. And that's kind of always what I've wanted to do. I have this desire to be a helper or a healer. And that's something that I would always want to be successful at in my career. Okay. I know we are coming up to an hour. So let me end on like a fun question. Um, what is your favorite new coffee drink you have made at home? So yes, I have recently become very obsessed with my coffee drinks. And again, it's just kind of that new thing. I never would have thought I'd be the person a to even drink coffee. Two years ago, I never even drank coffee, never even went to Starbucks. Now I know all about like Starbucks, you know, stars and how to order funny things on the app and just like ridiculous things. It's just it's so ridiculous. I don't know how this happened. But I've also started making drinks at home. I bought so many syrups. I just bought an espresso. It actually just arrived. So I'm very excited. My coffee game is about to go up. 
But I honestly, I really liked the s'more frappuccinos that I made and they were pretty simple. Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I have some videos on my TikTok. I'm sure there's probably some that I posted on my TikTok highlight on Instagram, but it was really quite easy to do. And I thought it tasted so on par with the one from Starbucks. And then for my winter drinks, I have been obsessed with peppermint. So I make like this peppermint latte and it has the peppermint syrup in it and, you know, the espresso and the milk and all of those good things. But then I also make a peppermint sweet cream cold foam. So it has the heavy whipping cream and milk. And I put the peppermint syrup in that instead of vanilla, like I would normally do. I put peppermint syrup in and then blend it all together or froth it and put it on top. That is so good. And then I do a little bit of whipped cream and chocolate sauce. And then I add some crushed peppermint on top. That has been like my go-to drink. That is so good. It's so good. It's so good. So yeah, I've been having so much fun making these drinks. And now that I have my Nespresso, ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, I'm very excited to kind of up my game there. Um, but that's where I'm going to end it with the questions. I feel like there was, gosh, you guys really came at me with the good questions for this episode. So thank you for sending in a question. Uh, I, I really do appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed listening to me chat on for an hour here and end uh, season three with this Q&A. Like I said, I will be back in early January. If you want to follow me on other social platforms, I'm just Samantha March on YouTube, March Beauty Word on Instagram, and by Samantha March on Twitter. I always give updates over there of what I have going on. So you'll know when season four is kicking off and it is going to be kicking off with an interview. And I have some really fun interviews planned for season four. So I am so excited for that. And thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for supporting this podcast. If you have time to be able to rate or review, if you can on the platform that you listen to, or if you're listening and you want to tag me anywhere, I mean, that always makes my day. I do have the start inspired podcast at gmail.com. That is the email address. If you ever want to email any of your thoughts, uh, topic suggestions, guest suggestions, please do just let me know. But really thank you for the support on this podcast and just on my journey in, in general, especially in 2020. I, I just really hope that you know how much I do appreciate it. And I hope that you have a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year. And I will see you back here on Start Inspired in 2021.